Section 5 of The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase Section 5 the fullness of time the times are full the days of prophecy are numbered and the prophecies themselves are being fulfilled before our eyes now is one of those remarkable periods of unrest of change from former to future conditions no plane of life is exempt be it material mental psychic or spiritual it is in the throes of a new creation, a new conception, a disclosing of secrets and bringing forth of things new and old. We are already so employed in meeting the new wonders and adapting ourselves to the new environment that, with the exception of the workers in archaeological search, we care but little for the things of past centuries, which are rapidly fading from sight. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Isaiah 65:17. Daniel indicated an hour upon the clock of time in the future history of the Persian kingdom, and Jesus referred his inquiring disciples to Daniel. The revelation of St. John pointed repeatedly to the same dial, Muhammad proclaimed the same period, and all the scriptures of the world have declared in unison the events of that time of times. Now the fulfillment has arrived, exactly on time. Those wise figurers, the Millerites, knew the date accurately and were prepared to meet it, but they misinterpreted the manner of its fulfillment, and so grieved bitterly that God had not kept his appointment. They looked for a coming not in accord with known laws, forgetting that the laws of nature are the laws of God, and that he does not violate his own laws. The hour struck exactly at the appointed time, but it came quietly in the night, and did not sound an alarm of terror in the skies. As soon as its foreword was uttered in the Orient, the electric telegraph responded from the Occident and flashed its first-rate message to the world in the words, What hath God wrought? In its very year, the astronomers noted the disturbance of Uranus and cried, A new planet is near and about to be revealed. Two years later, Neptune was seen. In the same year, Turkey gave the great edict of toleration, permitting the Jews to reside in Palestine and allowing its subjects to become Christians. That was the beginning of the return of the Jews. In the mounds of Nineveh, that year, archaeology commenced to disclose the concealed mysteries of the past. All the world began to stir and awaken to the revealing of the hidden powers of earth, air, fire, and water. Men searched for realities, and, by the unrecognized light of the Spirit, shining to assist every seeker for truth 
they have discovered that which has amazed them. Though wonder piles on wonder, they are yet slow to acknowledge the real cause of this tremendous advance in knowledge. Sometimes, in the very act of discovering the marvelous bounties and benefits of God, they declare, There is no God. There is nothing so blinding to man as the pride of intellect, the exaltation of success. One may as well deny the influence of the sun in the growing of a tree as to ignore the power of the spirit, the divine light in the growth of scientific knowledge. To him who hath eyes to see, it is a necessity for the existence of man that, in this time of rapid and unique advancement in material knowledges, there must be an equal and balancing progress in spiritual enlightenment. Just in the degree that man recedes from the recognition of the actuality, presence, and authority of God as an overruling entity, and from the obedience to his revealed word, does he become the servant of greed, ambition, cruelty, injustice, oppression, and all that tends to degrade him and extinguish his real humanity. With the appearance of each invention, note how the hawks of the governments watch to test its adaptability to the purposes of war. The intent of the natural man is to rule or ruin, and power without the fear of God means ruin. These dangerous knowledges of means of destruction in the hands of godless rulers foretell the extinction of humanity within a few years, unless the higher powers of spiritual knowledges, as expressed in the revelation of God's word, shall enter their minds and hearts and turn their desires to justice, mercy and righteousness, to the love of God and man. This is necessary, not only for this nation and for that, but for all the peoples of the world. That knowledge which is possessed by one must be open to all. There must be a brotherhood of nations, not an autocracy of one over all. This is impossible while different religions separate and oppose them one to another. All must come into the acknowledgment of one God, one Spirit, one Truth, one Father, and the interdependence, unity, harmony, and brotherhood of all the members of the one human race. Then only can there be health and true prosperity in the great body politic of the world. End of section 5 Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater Recorded in London, England